him. Um, we track the college and the elementary school visits. Um, the guys have done a great job of getting up there. Um, our ultimate goal um, when we get up to full staff is to have a third school resource officer up at Sheridan College. Oh, really? Um, so um, we have um, the huge advantage to us. is I mean, that's the population of about 2,000 people probably. Um, but that's bigger than some um, localities, municipalities that have police departments. Absolutely. Um, so it'd be like a little substation for us. We have, we have people up there, and um, it's also going to be a place for officers to stop by and away from us <laughs> and uh, a place they can go to get, get some reports done and, and interact. So we're, we're pretty excited about that development. But um, obviously school uh, safety is always in the news, and um, it's one of our highest priorities. Yeah. Uh, before I go on to um, talking about the times that we live in or asking a question about the times that we live in, bringing up uh, Sheridan College is – the Sheridan PD ever asked to come in and talk uh, to some students that might be studying, uh, you know, criminal law or anything up there? Yeah, I've made several visits there um, over the years, uh, teaching or at least providing um, case studies and stuff like that in, in respect to different types of investigations. So we, myself, I've done it. I've participated. I know other members of the department in years past have participated in those, those sorts of things. So it's all about building that relationship. You know, they have a great criminal justice program out here, and uh, it's something that um, we have one of our corporals uh, as a graduate from of the program out there, John Snoozy, and we're always, you know, d- hoping to develop that partnership even further and hopefully, you know, identify some good candidates for, for our police department out of there, uh, out of that Sheridan College. So, yeah, we've, we've done that multiple times. It, what a unique insight and, and an advantage uh, that those students have by you know getting getting the the story from either someone who was there or someone who's been in the trenches and understands policing well and anybody that's i don't care what line of work you're in there's what's written in a book and there's what happens when you go out on and actually practice, start doing yeah, the practice right. right and while the book prepares you for the the, the knowledge you may need the ta- some of the there's some nuances that aren't always available in textbooks and in, in in college studies so it's a good opportunity for somebody who may be learning about, you know, the Fourth Amendment in, in college. And actually, we're talking about search and seizure laws as they're, as they're applied and day-to-day practice. And that's that's really what prov- helps prepare those students for their careers as they move on. It's, a, it's another way to help prepare them for that. Fantastic advantage that those kids have. Uh, now, coming back to our, our other kiddos, our younger ones, it is a reflection of the time that we live in. Um I don't even know how to really put it. School violence. Let's School, just call yeah, it what it is. Yeah, there uh, you, go, you know, Chief. I don't want to. Sh- yeah. I don't want to sugarcoat it. You're and right. That's one thing we got to right. be careful not to do because if we don't call it what it is and 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 really identify it, then we're de- then we're diminishing its its impact. Absolutely. Um, yes, school violence is always on the forefront of our minds, and and ensuring that we can provide resources um, within the community to do everything we can to protect our kids. It is unfortunate that this is something that. We have to think about this. is unfortunate that it's something that parents have to think about. I have two children that are in school right now. Um, it's something I think about day to day, and so it's it's you know we have a lot of officers that have children that are, that have children in the school. So we take it really personal as well, and because of that, we you know we prepare and we train um, to 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 responding to that area. But I think first and foremost, and the value of the of the school resource officer program and they value the relationships that we're trying to build with the, with the teachers, the staff, the administration, and the students 
preventative measures are key. If we can find ways to develop these relationships and identify issues early on before they boil over and something tragic happens, that's the true goal of this program that we have. It's that ability to build those relationships, to share information, to have kids comfortable to come talk to a student, or have students comfortable to come talk to the officer and say, hey, I'm worried about so-and-so. They're making some strange comments. They've, they, they're having a bad time. And we can build that relationship to be able to go up to that student and say, hey, what can we do to help you? And, pre- pre- and prevent an outburst. A proactive approach 100%. as opposed to a reactive. That's the true value of it. That, that is one of the key points. Now, in a worst-case scenario, and that, that's not identified early, having that officer on scene immediately. I mean, it's statistically proven in, these, in some of these case studies where there's been violence at schools that the sooner um, the individual is contacted by law enforcement, the, the sooner the violence stops. That immediate contact is key. So having a... Uh, an officer on scene immediately to respond to, you know, that's that's what's key to to stopping if a violent occasion, something violent does occur. And Captain, how much training is involved for these officers when it comes to this situation? A, a, a lot. I mean, one one thing I always say not that is a a rementry is a rementry, whether we're doing it in a school or a government building or whatever, and we train heavily on that. The, the interesting thing to me, um, it, actually two points are interesting to me, is when you, you know, we give, give it a name, Uvalde, um, a lot of the, um, there are 300 officers on scene there, approximately. Yeah. There's no way that report's done yet. Yet we have a lot of talking heads in the media making their commentary on what law enforcement did wrong there. Yeah. Well, if you look closely, they're usually selling something, whether it's clicks or a training. Um but the main interesting to me is I see a lot of in the media, a lot of departments publicizing what they're doing as a result of that, whether resources kept in schools or we, we've been doing some of that for more than 10 years. Yeah, um, it, it is one of our priorities. And we we just didn't write a policy on it 10 years ago and stick to that. It, it's constantly evolving, um, as, as is our training. Um our officers are trained in single officer response and uh, a team response. And rest assured, if we have an incident in a school or an active killing event anywhere, the first officer on scene will respond without waiting for anyone else. Absolutely. And, and that, that's our philosophy, and that's kind of what everyone else is determined to be the best practice. But once again, we don't know what happened in Uvalde. Um, there, there's an investigation going on. It takes us sometimes two months to investigate a complaint on a single officer there's there's um so just consider the source of the news but we are here to tell our community that we train for this and we have our responses planned and we work closely with our neighboring agencies in those responses as well and on that first day are there patrols in the neighborhoods and near the schools during that morning drop-off that'll continue throughout the year as well yeah and we, we've always done that the reason for that is uh a, to, to be the, the preventive measure and B is to prevent in regards to school violence yeah. and others to keep the traffic slowing down so that the kids can uh, cross the street and the buses can unload safe. Yeah, safe we got to remember that it's uh, yeah. the first day of school is almost like the first day, first snow of the season. Oh, it's chaos. Everybody forgets yeah. how to drive, right? So you'll even see me in a uniform that day. So it's important. We get out there on the forefront of that first day and interact with those kids as they're coming back to school, welcoming, welcoming them back. Yeah, it's exciting for most kids. Um, some, not so much, may not be as exciting for them to return. But, yeah, we're out there and, and ensuring that, that 
the traffic flow. It's a good it's a good opportunity for us to monitor traffic flow too and make suggestions on improvements as as parents are dropping off um, students. What hiccups are there in the traffic design? We've we've encountered that at different elementaries at the junior high and made suggestions to the schools and the city on how to you know help vehicles get out of there smoother so it doesn't cause such congestion. So that's one reason. But again, that, that visibility, people see us and. And we ensure that, that, that it doesn't just happen the first day of school. That's one of our expectations of our patrol is, you know, we know when schools start and when they end, and you make routine visits both in that school zone, and, um, in the bus loops, where parents are dropping off. It's, it's important that, that um, in all the elementaries and the junior highs that, that we have officers in those areas during the school day. And our, our school resource officers, I've spoken to both of them, and, and great guys. Uh, now, when when we're choosing who's going to do that extra duty, uh, is is there a certain type of individual that we're really looking for? Uh, it's a uh, it's competitive process that they, they have to pass an, an interview um, and a few other things and, and a performance review. Um, and we we main thing is we want someone that wants to do it. Um, yeah, we're, we're not going to like assign me to a school or a young officer Ringley to a school. That's not my forte. Um, I, I was good at other things, but the, these actually Ben Hawkins stated in his initial um, hiring interview, a goal of his was to be a school resource officers. So they have a passion for the for the kids and the staff. Uh, officer Swaney started doing some great work up at uh, Milestone Youth Home in VOA long before he was a school resource officer. So they've demonstrated that that passion to, to uh, working with the children and, and, and helping them and helping them improve their lives or maintain where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got a vast majority of uh, kids here in a great place, but we want to keep, keep them in, in that good place as, as well. Um, so it, the, the, the thing in common is their, 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 their compassion for the kids. Is the D.A.R.E. program still being taught in schools? The Sheriff's Department uh, does the D.A.R.E. They program. They take care so, of So, yes, okay. they do the D.A.R.E. Yeah, so I know uh, uh, Deputy Hill, and I'm not sure who the, I think they had two instructors for a while. They, I'm sure the sheriff and undersheriff could expand on that further. But, yes, they still do dare through the fifth grade. I can remember uh, his name was Trooper J.O. I, I can't even remember his first name, but he was our dare officer. Uh, the highway patrol took care of all that stuff. And, and even to this day, I would be able to identify and point him out of a crowd and uh, and I'll bet he'd be able to do the same. These relationships that are developed are lifelong, aren't they? That, uh, that's the that's the absolute goal. You know, we, and Captain Ringley talked about Ben's interview. He was directly influenced by RSRO at the time. Uh, since retired, Doug Slack, and it was a big influence on Ben's decision to not only get in law enforcement, but saw the impacts that Doug had on his life and wanted to provide, give back the same that Doug was able to give back to him to those kids. So yeah, those relationships they are they are lifelong. They are very important. Um, you look at the turnout when Howie, um, with, you know, how he got ill and when he was RSO for a lot of years, look at the turnout and for all his benefits to help him, uh, he developed lifelong relationships with kids, parents, and faculty at those schools that it's very important. And, and, and that, that builds that trust too. That's the whole point of that is, you know, being able to those, those individuals feel comfortable to come up and talk, feel comfortable, come up and report things, feel comfortable to say, you know, I'm having a bad day and. I thought about doing something, but I, I want to talk to you instead. That's the whole goal. Build that relationship. And that, you know, wearing that uniform and interacting with those kids, you're a mentor, you're an inspiration, and and essentially you are an example. Uh, you know, the initial face that most of these children will have. 
with uh, your police department, your sheriff's department, or your troopers. Yeah, and our our they, they, our guys have always done a good job because um, what people need to remember is they're not school employees; they're not there to enforce school policy. They are police officers, um, and that part of their job is what helps them do their job is the development of those relationships. Um, but yeah, we're not, they're not there to be the bad guy or to watch people in detention. They're there to, um, use their training to spot people in need or, and, and the, the, to help them. Or also the, they've got training in, uh, facility safety and security and, and invest all types of investigations. Fantastic job. And one that in my opinion, is absolutely vitally needed. When we return, we're going to continue with the Sheridan Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. No, no, no! Crashing sucks. Do you trust your tires and brakes to protect you? Tires and brakes are crucial to the safety of your vehicle. Midas Tire and Auto can help. They'll inspect your vehicle, let you know what needs attention and what can wait. Plus, right now you can save 100 bucks instantly on Cooper Tires and 50 bucks on brake service. Midas Tire and Auto, your first stop for brakes and tires on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day of my career, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit NationalGuard.com. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. 
August 30th is the first day of school for school district number two. And this morning, I am joined by the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. The first day of school is a big deal. Parents take photos of their kids in front of the school signs. Kids are running everywhere, uh, meeting up with friends they may not have seen over the summer season. To the majority of parents and kids, as the chief said, this is a fun busy day uh, to some especially those starting school for the first time or beginning a new year at a new school it can be a little scary uh, and and it's great to know that the officers are going to be out there on day one uh, what are the officers going to be doing uh, on day one chief you said you're you're going to throw on the uniform and head out there absolutely I mean we'll be out front of the school greeting the kids and the staff as they're coming back in we'll be monitoring the traffic uh, the, the the school zones uh, it's just kind of an overall like the captain said being very visible out there in front of the schools um, just reassuring everybody that you know we're where schools back in session and we're going to be there to to Prevent, prevent any problems we can and to respond to any issues that, that come up. You know, another big one is, um, we I'll, I'll get this plug in early because we talk about it every year, is school buses and passing school buses and making yes. sure that we're, we're watching out for that as well when buses are stopping to load or unload children, that people are following the, the commands on the bus, the stop signals to, to stop. Um, and again, nowhere in Sheridan County do you not have to stop for a bus regardless of what direction you're facing. Um so that's that's kind of the the overview of it, and you know, obviously that interaction, making sure that traffic's flowing flowing well, but everybody's being responsible in their in their travels. Chief, I love how you brought it up. Uh, you know, as the first snow of the year, uh, we all kind of forget how to drive a little bit. We got to remember, and it, it, when it comes to the first day of school, there's a little bit of chaos. We might be. It's probably more like the first week, maybe week and a half of school. We're trying to get our routine down this year. Well, and again, it thinks you may have to stop for a bus a couple times, so it may take you a couple extra minutes. And the captain said it multiple times on here: leave five minutes early the first day of school for work. You'll get to work on time. Absolutely. But at the same time, just pre-plan a little bit. Everybody be aware that you know there's going to be buses stopping, so you may have to stop. It's going to take you just a little bit longer to get to work. Pre-plan. That stop sign means stop, uh, and and as Kevin said, in both directions, both directions. Now, uh, what are other officers going to be doing uh, within the city itself? Uh, probably keeping an eye out for kids, watching around the parks after school, things like that. Because I mean, after school, you know, the kids are going to take to the streets, uh, uh, head to parks, well, uh, jump on the bikes. It, it's got its own rather. Say, for instance. Um, up on um on Midland, you've got football practice and games and, and traffic going on. So our our data tells us that we need to get up there and monitor traffic. Um, we're always on the lookout for kids walking, making sure they're not being followed. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, there there's the the, the, the main drags, uh, the main traffic artery, so to speak, to where we we sometimes get calls on that. Thankfully, they're almost always innocent, but we are glad people are calling. Um, but, but yeah, you, you're right. The uh, Kendrick Park people cut through to, to get home, um, so we're not necessarily in there, but we're on um, on Lauks and all, all the approaches. And on top of that, we still have our all the rest of our law enforcement duties to fulfill as well with with limited people. Um, we have our high traffic areas. We have our high crash areas that we're monitoring and ha- having a presence in to uh, deter accidents there. So while you may not see us sitting in an area um we 
probably on, on an approach to that area so people see us before they get there and, yeah. and, and slow down or start acting safe. That data-driven policing yeah. uh, is, I, I don't, and I, honestly, I don't know any better way uh, to, to police an environment. And with all the technology that we have in this day and age, the data that you can look at, Chief, uh, what an advantage. Yeah, there's so many tools for, uh, now that it's all automated. I mean, da- using data to drive your resources is nothing that's just popped up within recent years. Um, way back, they used to use the old pin maps, and literally it would look at a report, but it was all, you had to hand, look through everything by hand and put a little pin on a map saying this is where this occurred or this is where we had a string of burglaries or whatever, a string of robberies. Um, now it's pretty much all automated. So it's made things much more efficient in getting that data and driving those resources. A um, lot, lot more automation, a lot of a lot of ability to create quicker visuals. Um, a lot of people are visual learners. So if I hand out a map to the patrol division saying, look at this map, here's where our traffic crashes have increased. This is where we need to focus some efforts. They can see it. Yeah. Not just hear me say, you need to go in this area. It, it provides those benefits. Now, a couple things before I let you go. Uh, first one, speaking of technology, uh, has Lieutenant James Hill received a lot of cooperation from residents in Sheridan uh, in regard to the surveillance camera requests that we've put out there? I don't have any exact numbers. I'm not sure if you They're, they're, they're starting to, to trickle in. And yeah. uh, actually, thanks to the f- feedback from a member of the community about a, a, a GIS program, essentially, that can help with that. Um, we have had the per- first person sign sign up for that, um, so that that that's a work in progress. But we're we're hoping that that snowballs. Um, it, it'd be much more efficient than 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 what we than, than our spreadsheet. So we're grateful to the person who made that suggestion. And if you've got a camera out there that uh, has the possibility yeah. of catching a crime, uh, go ahead, call down to the department, speak with Lieutenant Hill. Uh, he'll get your name on there, and you can help solve a crime. One more thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you just swore in a new officer. We did, who we're extremely excited about. Her name is um, Officer Amanda Fisher, um, who has been a communications officer for us for about the past year, but she has extensive law enforcement experience in the both in the military and also um, at the Gillette, Gillette uh, Police Department, where she was had extremely strong... Uh, performance uh, reviews uh, but you know you can't blame her for wanting to come get some fresh air um, <laughs> yeah exactly and she she we're very excited by all of her new hires but amanda has you know she took the world by storm as a dispatcher and now she's going to do the same um as a police officer she is this in her first week of her 14 week field training program she will not need to go to the academy for any follow-up training she still has her police officer certification oh wow she's um, ready to hit the ground so, running. you know this like with all the the alex murray's and the, the the jack stanley's and every single other person we've hired we just hired uh julie hyde as a our third records technician um comes with a lot of experience yeah. in records and as a police officer so yeah we're really being we've been very fortunate to find some great people in recent years that are really bringing a lot to the table for the police department. We, Very we do, fortunate. We do have, we just need more. Yeah. We're, we're, we're full strength in, uh, in, in dispatch and in records, but we, we do have four vacancies, um, at, for patrol officers. We're extremely selective who we hire. Yeah. Um, the, the people we have now are more than capable of handling, handling our workload and anything that comes up. But, 
Um, like I said, one more, and we can fulfill that. We want to add a third detective. We, we want we're going to have a third uh, school resource officer up at the college. Um, so th- this is really going to allow us to expand our our uh, our efforts and start meeting some some bigger goals. And there you go, folks. If uh, if you feel that this is what you would like to do, yep. head on down to the police department. Yeah, do a ride along. Give, yeah. give us a call to see what it's all about. It's it's a, extremely fulfilling. Um, you know, the streets aren't paved with gold as a police officer, but if you're in for if you want self-fulfillment and if you want to contribute to the greater good, then it, it's definitely um, a path worth um, checking out. And a true service to the community. A true service. Uh, Chief, Captain, thank you both for coming in and talking with us this morning. I uh, greatly appreciate everything that you guys thank you. do. Thanks, Floyd. Please be safe out there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. When we return, we're going to speak with the Buffalo Police Department. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Patrick Sucker. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you're interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger. 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native, and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Now's the time to start those projects you've been dreaming about. Excavation, landscaping, or home improvement. Wagner Ranch Services has the materials. Wagner Ranch Services carries many types of gravel, scoria, topsoil, and landscaping products. Check out Wagner's landscaping display where you can view a variety of landscaping materials that can be picked up from the yard or delivered. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane, 307-752-2787. Open Monday through Friday from 7 to 5. I'm here with Candace. 
Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda. Tommy, hi. What do you think of the brand new HRV that I drove here today? Oh, it looks great, but is it Honda, really? Yeah, they redesigned it for 2023, and it's definitely not Grandma's Honda. Well, Grandma gets great gas mileage. I hope the redesign didn't affect that. Not at all. The HRV is equipped with all-wheel drive and still gets 26 miles per gallon. Plus, it now has a longer wheelbase, wider stands, and improved powertrain, and it's just as affordable. Impressive. I'm going to have to take the new Honda HRV for a test drive, and so can you. See the redesigned Honda HRV at Sheridan Honda. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Alliance and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Johnson County School District Number 1 will begin their academic year in less than a week. The first day of school is August 23rd. And joining me to talk about this and other law enforcement issues over in Buffalo is the chief of the Buffalo Police Department, Sean Bissett. Good morning, chief. Good morning, Floyd. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are Good. you? I, I know you were laid up for a little bit. Are you healing all right? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm actually headed back to Colorado tomorrow for my six-week follow-up, so it it's slow going, but it's coming. It's coming. That's good to hear, Chief. That's good to hear. You got a, a busy uh, week next week, don't you? Yes, we do. We've actually, uh, you know, Fair and Rodeo just just wrapped up, and uh, you know, our parade. We just had a great week with you know some dances in town, and you know, going up to the fairgrounds and watching these young men and women work so hard to show their animals. It, it, it's a lot of fun, and like I said, our parade went went fantastic, and uh, we have Longmire Days coming up starting tomorrow. Absolutely, uh, just from one event to the other uh, over in Johnson County. And, of course, next Tuesday, what kind of presence can parents expect from the Buffalo Police Department on the first day of school? Yeah, so first day of school next Tuesday, uh, we've already planned for, um, I kind of caught the the, you know, the last part of Chief, uh, Chief Kiltiska, and same thing, it's going to be a high visibility um, we're going to have officers stationed at every school. Um, we're going to just continue the initiative that we actually, when I came on in January, that we're going to continue with. Uh, you know, arrival at school, dismissal, we always had officers in the area. Th- this year, in the beginning, I would like us to have officers stationed. Um, Sheriff Odenbaz has already told me he's he's going to be helping me out. So not just it's not going to be just us, but Johnson County Sheriff's Office is going to be helping me out as well. So uh, just a high presence. Um, I've always wanted, one of my things was, our day work officers, you know, if it's, you got some time, let's stop in the schools, let's be present, let's walk to the schools, because Floyd, there's nothing better than walking into a school and having kids run up to you and they're excited to see you. Um, too many times, parents or even teachers or students see an officer in a school and the first thing they say is, oh, why are the police here? Instead of, great, the police are here. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to change that so that it's a positive, it's not always a negative. Something doesn't have to be wrong to see an officer in a school. So that's one of my initiatives. Sir, does school district number one have school resource officers? So, no, uh, we don't at this at this time. Um, but we have met. We've kind of um, a school security committee, if you will. Uh, it's myself, Sheriff Odenbaugh, the sheriff's department, the county attorney's office, um, Charles Oski, the superintendent, mental health, uh, the school board, every principal. Um, we have come to the table twice now and are just coming up with some new ideas and some transparency, Floyd. Uh, obviously, active shooter is always on everybody's mind, right? We have trained in TAC-1, came, they trained the, the staff, they trained the students. We had a Saturday where ourselves, um, sheriff's office, and even uh, fishing game, 
we just spent a day doing simulations and training for active shooter. Um, but it's, it's a little bit more broad than that. It, it's to the point where we have DCI coming in. Sheriff Odenball and myself uh, spoke with DCI. They're going to come in and actually do a training for staff um, in the schools, just a recognition of drugs. Um, obviously, with this fentanyl crisis that we have throughout our nation, and it's, it's seeping into our community, we want our teachers to be aware of what to look for. They need to be safe. Our kids need to be safe. They need to know what they're looking for. Um, we have now, you know, information that they are pressing fentanyl into pills that look like Skittles and sweet tarts, oh. even, even to taste that way. So I look at that as, is what, who are they targeting? They're not targeting an older generation. They're, they're targeting our youth. Um, and if kids don't know better, I mean, there's just some horrible consequences. So we've, we have discussed that. Uh, we, this, they're talking about maybe some ARPA money and doing something of a hybrid SRO. I know that probably sounds crazy, but that basically would be if I have officers that are off and want to work overtime, whether it's a sporting event or if it's a, a week where I can get officers in the school to spend more time in the school, and that funding will help us fund trying to get at least – for now, I know it's a Band-Aid. You know, my ultimate goal was to be funded for a full-time SRO. That's my ultimate goal. I would love to have it. I think it's important. But we you know, have discussed that option is how can we get – more officers in the school? How do we get these kids feeling comfortable to come to us and to create, you know, we all know that our kids know more about what's going on in the community than we do, right? Uh, especially the high school kids. So if we can make that connection with them and they can feel comfortable, come to us and say, hey, I heard this or I saw this. I think that's a great start. Absolutely. Uh, and and vital uh, to have that trust uh, that uh these kids can walk up to an officer and be able to tell them, hey, I kind of heard on the grapevine that X, Y, Z may be taking place. Absolutely. Now, the, this, this drug, this fentanyl, we've seen it in the news for a couple of years now. Um, unfortunately, it is, it is in the neighborhoods. Uh, it it's, it, it's around here a little bit. Are you seeing uh, uh, a massive increase in fentanyl activity, sir, or... or so obviously I came from, uh, from Baltimore. So fentanyl had been around for a long time and it was very, very prevalent. Uh, when I got here, my, we ended up getting, um, some donations through Wyoming Northern mental health. And we, we are all, you know, equipped with Narcan now. So it, it blocks the effects of the opiates and the fentanyl. And unfortunately Floyd, the first time we got it about five days later, I used it on a 14 year old. Um, so, and then we've had, three other instances where Narcan has been used. And we actually, Officer McCarter had a save. He showed up. Uh, the gentleman was not breathing, was basically gone. He hit him with Narcan and within 30 seconds, he was sitting up talking. So unfortunately I would say for a small community, yeah, uh, I don't see it being, we don't see it every day. Um, but now we respond to calls differently. Our, our medics respond differently. If we know that anybody is a, a possible overdose, we are thinking immediately fentanyl um, yeah. because a lot of drugs that are coming out, people think it is not fentanyl, but it's either laced or is. If it's not heroin, it's fentanyl. So we treat that in almost every call where there's drugs involved, whether it's a search of a car, we have Narcan in our evidence room in case there's an exposure here at the station. So yeah, it, it is a concern for sure.
You know, uh, Chief, call me n- naive. I always kind of believed that uh, those those were big city drugs, you know, not drugs right. that we would see in our smaller communities. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, being from Baltimore, sir, uh, and, and the time that you, you served over there uh, as an officer, you know, having that experience uh, and, and, and being able to utilize that while you're here in Buffalo, uh that I, I would say that that is absolutely vital, sir. Uh, is there anything about fentanyl that you can help maybe tell some parents? Uh, what can we look out for? So basically, when we'll, we have hopefully coming here at the end of September, we're going to be doing a freshman impact kind of program. Um, and we're, again, DCI is coming in for a training. So I, I would say it's just anything where um, – a white powder, a pill, anything that doesn't look normal or is pressed or um, just if they're not breathing, um, obviously you, you call 911 right away. But a lot of times we're beating the medics there and, and all our officers are trained now, Floyd. They know what to look for. They know the signs. They know the symptoms. Um, in our AEDs, which is our automatic defibrillators, uh, is where our Narcan is kept. So it's on us all the time. So um, we had discussed with the schools, maybe it's something that that teachers are are trained in or that they have at the school that they're able to administer it's a nasal administration so it's very easy to learn um, there's no side effects if somebody's overdosing and it's not fentanyl or an opiate and you give them narcan there's no side effects you know um, so we've been doing a lot of training in that we're we look at what's coming through and then part of the problem is floyd is we're we're wedged between these two ma- major interstates and so you know, a lot of this stuff is coming through. Sometimes kids are naive. They're thinking, okay, well, this is just marijuana, and they don't know what it's laced with. Um, and the marijuana these days is not the marijuana of 20 years ago, right? So when we had a THC level of 9 or 10%, we're looking at 99 98% pure, so even those effects. So it's just uh, I would just tell parents just, you know, keep an eye on their kids and, and talk to the kids. And, and, and we tried to explain to them how serious, and it doesn't take a lot of fentanyl Floyd for it to, for somebody like us, you know, anybody that is, you know, but just, a, I mean, we're talking like a pin size amount can really do a lot of damage. That's incredible. Um, horribly, horribly incredible. Now, uh, uh, chief uh, Buffalo was also experiencing some burglaries of unlocked vehicles earlier this summer. Um, I, I, I know there's probably very little that we can talk about. Uh, uh, how is the investigation moving along? It's, it's doing well. We're still without really getting into a whole lot. We still have, uh, somebody that we are currently looking for. That's we, we still have one that is not in custody yet. Um, but we've gotten all the property that was taken, um, most of it returned back to the victims, which is huge. And like we talked about before, I mean, we, re- we recovered six handguns and we were able to get four of those guns returned to their rightful owners. Um, and that doesn't happen often. So that just, um, that says a lot about the men and women who, who are working here and what they're doing and their dedication to the job, Floyd. Because if you look at some of these numbers, um, again, Chief Kiltiska hit it with being full. We're looking nationwide at a basically people leaving law enforcement without that are not eligible for a pension. It's up 42% from the year prior. Um, so imagine that you have you have a lot of experienced five, 10 year, 15 year officers that are leaving the job because of what's going on. Um, we're blessed here. We are full in dispatch. We are full in patrol, and they are really policing at a very high level. And um, we're continuing our training and 
uh, we're in a good spot and we're lucky. And I think a lot of that has to do with our community, Floyd, with the amount of support that we have. Which is absolutely vital. I've, I've, I've spoken uh, with the SPD quite a bit of, about that. Uh, I know uh, community support for the police office and the sheriff's office over there in Johnson County is, is pretty high. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I feel that that is absolutely vital. Uh, how do you like to build these relationships, sir? Uh, you know, I just I think a lot of it has to do with just getting out and, and talking to people, being putting boots on the ground. Um, I do a lot of stuff off duty. I have I have two girls, you know, um, I think we can all agree that when we talk about school and school safety, that after Uvalde and, and everything that we've seen nationwide that day after, you know, it's hard to put your kids on that bus. It's hard to drop your kids off at school. And so for me. I make sure that I, I, you know, the nice thing about being in a small community is you get to know everybody. I've done a lot of things, volunteered, whether it's coaching soccer or coaching basketball, and I have made so many amazing friends and got to know these kids. And, boy, there's nothing better than when you walk into a school in uniform and kids are coming up and giving you high fives and you're out in in the soccer field playing soccer with them at lunchtime and recess. Um, I think that's how you do it. I think we just sometimes people forget that we're human too. And that we, there's nothing better when you're driving in a parade and people are waving and saluting and have their hand over their hearts. I mean, it's overwhelming sometimes. And I, and so I think we see the worst, we see the 1%, you know, the, the hardest things that we have to deal with. And it's not always criminal. I mean, death notifications, accidents. Um, so when you can really sit down and shake someone's hand and, and know that you're appreciated and uh, it's, it's huge. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, sir, that it's, it's not always a criminal uh, um, action that needs to be acted upon. Uh, there's a lot that the police do for the community. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that sometimes I think everyone needs to take a step back and realize that there is a heart behind that shield. Correct. And that heart is just as invested in this community. Uh, you are community members. Absolutely. Now, Longmire Day, sir, speaking of the community, is just around the corner. You and I spoke on this a bit last last month. This tends to be a pretty docile crowd, correct? I mean, they're not a very rowdy people. <laughs> no. Well, the good thing is it's about law enforcement, so most folks yeah. that show up love the police. So that's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it usually there's, you know, a knock on wood. I mean, we don't have problems there. People come, you know, they, they love the town. They love the books. They love the show. Um, Robert Taylor will be in town tomorrow. We just have one of the, you know, one of the actors here this year, but you know, we have a, a dance scheduled for Saturday night, which is usually a pretty big event. And, you know, I've met with the planners and I mean, they've done this enough that they got this thing locked down pretty good. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think the community is looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Now, do you generally put uh, more officers on for Longmire days, or is has that generally not been required? Uh, they, they usually do, Floyd. I think in its heyday, when before COVID, and when you'd have pretty much the whole cast here, mm-hmm. uh, we did this year. We're looking at some of the events, and we do have some extra officers coming in for the dance. There's a there's a fun run uh, Friday morning, and we'll make sure that we have street closures and. Um, you know, if they're in the park or at Bomber Mountain, we we do and we'll do even the officers that are on duty. We'll be doing routine checks. And, um, you know, the organizers have all our all our phone numbers. I have a contingency plan. If I need more officers, everybody knows that, hey, I may call you at a moment's notice and just might need you to come in. But, um, yeah, we for certain events, we have extra officers on board and we have some street closures set 
So, um, yeah, we're going to try to do most of it with what we have, but we're some of the bigger events, we will have extra officers on duty. And again, I I can't say it enough, Lloyd, the sheriff's office has been instrumental in in us working together. And it's almost like one police department, the way this is working. So uh, he's offered his services and said, hey, I've got some extra deputies on duty. If you need us, call us. Those partnerships uh, between law enforcement, absolutely vital. And and Buffalo is kind of tucked between two major interstates. Yes, uh, how closely do you work with the Highway Patrol in regards to uh, possible drug running issues? Uh, we work very close, actually. Um, I talk with one or two of them and probably once or twice a week. Uh, we share information. They're kind of, you know, some of those guys are running from, you know, up above at the Montana line all the way down to, you know, Gillette or KC, whatever it may be. So they're spread thin. And, and Floyd, if there's a call that comes out or an officer or a trooper is on a stop on the interstate and we're close and he's by himself, we're backing him up. I mean, there's, we're not going to leave anybody out there by themselves. Uh, and that goes the same for the sheriff's department. We you know we all work together. So we know that there are a lot of times they're by themselves. So, you know, we scan and if a call comes through dispatch, she'll let us know and we'll, we will back them up. That's fantastic to hear, because, uh, yeah, it seems like it could possibly be a little lonely out there on that road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and they do cover so much ground. Uh, now, sir, it, I had a question for you. It's something, it's kind of a community policing idea. What is the citation that you tend to see most in Buffalo, Chief? I would say, uh, it's funny that you ask, we've had some complaints at speed coming down the mountain, uh, a couple roads. So we've kind of run some details. As a matter of fact, the last three weeks, our officers have made 116 stops for different, you know, different traffic violations. You know, not all tickets, obviously. Um, our officers have a lot of discretion. But I would say in our town, especially the, now with the tourism, you know, and not everybody understands that, hey, you're coming down the mountain at 60, it turns to 30. Um, so our officers are well aware of that, you know, uh, you're coming out of Yellowstone. But I would say... Most of our infractions are, are traffic-related with speed. And and what's the, I mean, is citation tickets really the the best way to, to deal with that? Uh, I mean, because like you said, the, most of them are tourists. They're probably just using the, the highway to drive through. Yeah. No, Floyd, you know, when I say give my officers discretion, there's not anybody there that I tell them you have to do this, you have right. to do that. Um, they make their own determination um, when they make that stop. But uh, I think when you talk about community policing, um, we've talked about this before, making that good contact with somebody on the road, sometimes it's just, you know, there's nothing. I still get nervous when a cop gets behind me, Floyd, and I'm, yeah. you know, I've been here forever. And I got both hands on the wheel. I'm looking in the rearview mirror. I'm checking my speed. So, look, we're all human. Um, there's nobody here. I really stress to my officers, don't be robots. Just just talk to people, you know. Um, and a lot of times and you do it when you make stops and you have great conversations. How, how, was, you know, how was your trip? And so um, a lot of those, when I say there's 116 stops, I don't know, maybe a quarter of those might end up in a citation depending on, you know, what's going on or if there's something in their driving history that requires a citation. But a lot of times those are warnings, Floyd, um, you know. So I don't want people going out and just hammering away on tickets. That's not what we're about. It's about just keeping the community safe, being aware. Also, Floyd, you never know. You're making that traffic stop. You have the lights on, and you don't know somebody driving down that road might have bad intentions. Sees an officer with their lights on, that's a deterrent. Um, Same thing with our schools. When they see officers driving around the schools, if somebody's having a bad day and they see three cops 
around a school, they're not stopping. Chief, I want to thank you so much for calling in today, and thank you and your team for everything that you guys do out there. Well, I appreciate that, Floyd. It's always a pleasure. Stay safe. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930KROE and 103.9 FM. Share. Stiefel, our focus is on you, your needs, and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Stop! Step away from that grizzly bear and leave the bison calf alone. If you're looking for the perfect memento of your trip to Wyoming, Legacy Diamond and Gems offers safe and beautiful alternatives, including Wyoming Bucking Horse and their exclusive Bighorn Mountain Jewelry. They're crafted in gold or silver and are available with any gemstone of your choice. Hurry down and see Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Are you ready for a new career? Your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette is in search of crew members and shift managers. Owner, Larry Storo. Bob, one of the many benefits of working for McDonald's is our tuition assistance programs. You can earn a college degree through Colorado Technical University with 100% of your tuition covered. Or you can earn up to $3,000 in tuition assistance for Sheridan College or the University of Wyoming. Come in and we'll explain all the details. If you need your high school diploma, McDonald's will assist with that as well. Join the McDonald's team today. McDonald's working to brighten your future. The Sheridan Farmer's Market is back for another great season on Grinnell Plaza with local produce, meat, eggs, coffee, baked goods, and outstanding locally handcrafted items. Every Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m., you can find the best our hardworking local producers have to offer. Special thanks to our season sponsor, First Federal Bank and Trust. See you Thursday on Grinnell Plaza at the Sheridan Farmer's Market. And remember, please leave your pets at home. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast, it's August, ladies and gentlemen, which means we get into some crazy sports hypotheticals because there's not much else going on. I talk about Fernando Tatis and his 80-game suspension for PEDs, which gets me into a whole other rant about Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and the golden age of baseball, in my opinion. As well as football, we talk about some NFL preseason week one news and notes, and then the AP Top 25 preseason poll for college football. All that and more on the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast on Sheridan or wherever you get your podcasts. 